Welcome back to Sports Day. Uh, every now and then we go outside the arena, well, the sports arena, Sats. There's and still a sporting angle on this, Jason. Well, remember? there is. Yeah, yeah there is. Uh, but I, I tell you what, he's he's a very special person. And uh, if this man didn't get involved, no doubt a killer would still be walking the streets. He's a very good friend of yours. He is Headley Thomas, of course, creator of the popular crime podcast, The Teacher's Pet. And he's authored a book also about the case, Jace and listeners, and which captured the attention of over 30 million downloads. 30 million. Uh, it's, as I said, it's now called a, it's now a book called The Teacher's Pet. And he is on the line. Seven-time Walkley winner, two-time gold Walkley winner, Headley Thomas joins us on Sports Day. How are you, Headley? Sats, mate, I'm great. And thank you for that very thoughtful introduction. No, it's uh, such a, an exhausting uh, investigative piece that you put together for so many years, uh, Headley. And, and we got you on the podcast, sorry, we got you on the show a couple of years ago to talk about when, well, it was actually only about last year when the, the actual the case was still going against Chris Dawson. Mm. Um, and for a guy who said to me after this podcast that he'd never do one again because it's so exhausting, you've really built a rod for your own back, have you? <laughs> what motivated you to put it into a reading format? Look, I wanted to do a big, a big read that would also be a personal memoir, Scott. Um, a, a memoir of a remarkable case that spans four decades. Uh, Lynn was murdered in 1982. That's 41 years ago, uh, and you know, I wanted to demonstrate how a criminal justice system had utterly failed this woman, let her down very badly, and then we were able to show as well how the system came good, uh, how journalism helped, and take, take readers inside an investigation by police and by a journalist and really attempt to show the entrails, show what happens, highlight the, you know, the high-level, very risky decisions that are made in a newspaper's newsroom when uh, a journalist in... Late 2017, that's me, goes to the editor and says, can I have six months to work on one story that's going to call a a man who's never been charged with anything a murderer? And, uh, you know, those are uh, big calls. And uh, I think people will find parts of that story really interesting. Then, of course, after Chris Wilson is charged with Lynn's murder in late 2018 at the end of the podcast series, there are three and a half years of legal battles because he must have spent, you know, at least one or two million bucks trying everything to avoid a murder trial. And that meant putting the podcast and my journalism and all of the work that had been done on him effectively on trial in a bid to show he couldn't get a fair trial. And all of that's in there too. And I haven't been able to talk about that much before. So, it's yeah. There's there's a lot there. There's also stuff about the personal things, and you know, you know a little bit about the toll that these things take, and about the toll this took on me and, and my family. And uh, I wanted to share some of that too. Hey, Headley, Jason here, mate. At any stage, particularly in the early parts, did you ever doubt yourself? Yes, I did, and I was concerned that Lynn's story was so important and the treachery and betrayal and the letdowns so deep and vast that I didn't have the skills to properly convey it. Uh, I just suffered from, you know, that old imposter syndrome and uh, what that led me to do was just um, uh, avoid the writing and and I was in a comfort zone when I was 
finding new leads and witnesses and going out and interviewing and recording them and uh, going through all the documents. That's where I felt okay and I felt like I could handle things. But as soon as I, I thought about trying to write the story and do justice to Lynn, you know, it really intimidated me. I got to a point though where I couldn't put it off any longer and uh, I started writing it and, 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 you know, then it just started pouring out. But um, there was another time during the uh, legal battles when I was fearful that the whole case would fall over, that the police efforts and the prosecution efforts would all come to nothing because I feared that Chris would win, but he'd say that the more than, I think by then it was about 60 million or 50 million downloads, that that would mean a jury couldn't um, give him a fair trial. And then I knew that we'd be blamed, journalism would be blamed for um, allowing this whole thing to collapse. So there were a few big pressure points there. Headley, you first started covering the story in the early 2000s and We've previously, like you said, had you on Sports Day to discuss the case. And, of course, Chris Dawson was a former Newtown Rugby League player and a rugby union player as well. Now, you became really an extension of Lynn's family throughout this whole process. What were the emotions like in the courtroom the day that he was found guilty? Mate, I I think we were all just um, so incredibly relieved. And, you know, there was a huge amount of... Um, support and love in our little group but we were mindful that staring into the back of our heads were um, members of the Dawson family I mean I had Paul Dawson sitting one row behind me and he and you know his wife Marilyn and other members of the family they would have been utterly shattered at the same time as as Greg Sims Lynn's brother and his wife Marilyn and you know other you know very close and dear members of the Sims family were wanting to sort of you know do fist pumps and and cheer in an adjacent court because the courtroom where the judge delivered his uh, decision there there were only so many seats so in an adjacent really large court there were many members of the public who had come in because um they just wanted to see what the result would be and they were hoping for a guilty verdict. And when that, when, when they got that guilty verdict, because they were getting a live stream of the, of the verdict, they all broke into cheers and clapping and there was this spontaneous hugging and so on. And in that courtroom, you had other members of Chris's family, um, including his youngest daughter, or second youngest, yeah, his youngest daughter with Lynn, and um, you know, I can only imagine how that felt for her to witness the euphoria that erupted when he was convicted. There weren't too many people in Australia outside Team Dawson who believed he was innocent. Now, the irony of the whole situation now is tonight, as we speak to you, you're on your way to a theatre, so just fill in the listeners where you're on your way to tonight and what you're doing tonight and, and the significance of where it's hosted. Mate, I'm glad you asked. It's the Glen Street Theatre in a place called Belrose on the, um, the north side of Sydney, uh, not too far from the, from the northern beaches. And it's here that I'm going to be meeting Lynn's uh, family, Lynn's uh, friends who helped me in the podcast and who remain great friends of mine, and also the former students of Cromer High School who helped me put the pieces together for the podcast again we've become very close but a few more than 400 other people are coming too because we're going to launch my new book the teacher's pet here 
and I'm going to be in conversation talking about it and and then uh, I'll be signing some books but just a couple of hundred metres from the Glen Street Theatre is the Belrose Eagles rugby league team um, headquarters and, and that's where Chris and Paul Dawson were the captain coaches after their Newtown Jets career and they were playing for the Belrose Eagles when Chris murdered Lynn. And, um, uh, you know, you just think, gosh, you know, 41 years ago, this went down and and here we are returning to this place to talk about a a case that's now, you know, been a podcast, been Mm. a book, been a successful prosecution. And Chris is at Long Bay Prison, some 30-odd kilometres from here. Now... Headley, oh, I can't wait to get this book. Um, when and where can we get it? And is it true Scott Sattler makes an appearance? <laughs> he does. He's going to be thumbing the pages crazily because <laughs> I, I didn't put an index in, so he'd have to buy it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, he he's in there. Scott and I met. Um, well, we've known each other for some time, but I caught up with Scott when I was doing research for the podcast and. And he's always been fascinated by the case. And, um, I mean, he knew the Dawsons as teachers at Coomba Bar State High, as That's did right. my sister, Rebecca Frizzell. Uh, and and so you know, he's had a, a, a very uh, interesting connection through that period. And he was good enough to be interviewed by me. And, and he spoke um, you know, of his experience with Chris and Paul Dawson as a, as a student. So uh, I think that so many people, you know, have... A, connection to this case and and have been of great help to me and I've tried to name check a lot of them or most of them in in the book and uh, I've been enormously grateful for all the help I've had so we're about where, where can we get it is it online uh, bookstores it'll be um, it's online um, we're doing an audio book which is going through its final stages of uh, production um, all good and all not so good bookstores uh, <laughs> all the big retailers it's right. everywhere, I think. And, and, and uh, when? Uh, now. It's available now. Perfect. It went on sale yesterday. Wow. Uh, I've had scouts out photographing um, cities and uh, regional stores to make sure it's there and it is. So, uh, awesome. Uh, I'm very wrapped. I must have uh, already signed about uh, 60 copies. Oh, good on you. Before we let you go, we know we've got to let you go. Um, surely there's got to be a movie. Uh, I know who will play Sats. It'll be Squiggy uh, from Laverna Shirley. Yep. But yourself, uh, Headley, if there is a movie on this, uh, are we thinking, I don't know, are we thinking Brad Pitt uh, or what? What Mate, are we thinking? Look, it could Johnny be Brad. Depp? I, look, I, I, think, I think Hugh Jackman's going to have a chance. Yep. Um, we'd let him audition for it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Would we see um, a movie? Seriously? Good. Could we see a movie on this? I think, it, I think, it's, I think it, the story's too vast for a movie. I think it needs to be a big TV series, mm. and uh, that's what I reckon would do it justice. Cause it's such a, um, an extraordinary case, um, and you know it, it spans such a long time. You couldn't compress it into a movie, so um, possibly you know one or two eight episode seasons. You could you could do justice to it all, um, awesome. and it's also so cinematic. I mean, in a TV series, you could actually have uh, an actor 
replicating Sat when he was at um, Coomba Bar High running around as a 16-year-old. Oh, That's where Squiggy comes With a mad flat moment. top. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Headley, uh, congratulations on the work so far. So much to come still. And uh, congratulations on the book also. So to listeners, The Teacher's Pet by Headley Thomas. You can get it at all good bookstores, Amazon, uh, online. And make sure you go and buy it because the podcast was outstanding. As you said, over yep. 30 million downloads. If you haven't heard the podcast, go and do yourself a favour and also go and buy the book. Headley Thomas, thank you very much for joining us on Sports Day. Thanks so much, guys.